Have you ever wondered how artificial intelligence, these rapidly developing language models like Google's Bard or ChatGPT can lighten your workload and supercharge your productivity? And if you haven't wondered this, where have you been living? <laughs> <laughs> rock. Yeah. What if I told you that mastering these technologies could unlock countless hours of your time and become your secret weapon for success? Welcome to our new episode of the Needle Movers podcast, where today we uncover the power of AI, particularly OpenAI's GPT technology. It's a topic we have definitely covered before, but today we spice it up a little bit. Yes, one of the biggest downsides to using this GPT technology is the IT policies preventing people from accessing and utilizing this wonderful tool in their day-to-day jobs. Uh, Let's say, what's the word? Safely. (laughs) So we're going to get creative and give you some ideas on how you can spike your productivity and remain kosher. And stay tuned until the end where we unveil the secrets of crafting the perfect prompt that will work magic for your productivity. So sit tight, relax, and get ready to become a pro in AI. So let's start with the uses of ChatGPT that can lighten your workload. If you're in the midst of your career, you may have already learned the hard way that you can't access GPT from your work network. That's to make sure you don't break any IT, data, or privacy policies. There's a lot of confidential information that if you share would put yourself and your company at risk. So it makes sense uh, that they tried to restrict this because a simple copy and paste can have devastating effects and there's already cases out there. But, however, you may still be wondering, can I still make any use of it? So here we're going to explore free use cases that allow you to capitalize off AI without breaking policies, and you can still use it on your personal devices. (laughs) Starting with one, which is research assistants. GPT can act as a research assistant, helping you gain quick insights on a wide array of topics. You can expedite tasks like running preliminary queries or generating summaries of complex topics. For instance, if you're preparing for a meeting about a new industry trend or need to explain a complex topic, you can ask GPT for an overview of the topic to get started or the actual simple explanation. This you could do without actually inputting any pertinent information that uh, pertains to your company. And I would say even simpler than that, right? If you're writing a report and you're stuck on how to explain something, which could be, you know, something from the industry, you can just get a little bit of advice from GPT and it can suddenly unblock your writer's block. Yeah, it's really about knowing what you want to get out of it and then leading with that. And of course, doing it safely. (laughs) (laughs) The second point is learning and development. So continuous learning is, of course, a crucial part of career growth. And GPT can really help simplify complex concepts, provide detailed explanations, and even act as a tutor for learning your skills. So for example, if you're learning to code, or perhaps you're writing some sort of a code and you're stuck, GPT can provide explanations without having to troll through tens of forums or help websites. So as part of my job, for example, I sometimes need to write what's known as a SQL query. And if if you're not familiar with this particular term, SQL query, or any other sort of programming language, it's essentially some sort of a code that is used to link data tables together. And it helps me generate useful insights. It's, it's part of my role and I need to do it. And I'm nowhere near an expert. So I often get stuck and get error messages. As a, as a matter of fact, I get stuck and I get error messages more often than I am successful the first time around. That, that's how bad I am with it. 
But what's great about GPT is that if you can tell it what you're trying to do with your code, and it can provide you with an example of the coding that you're trying to achieve. So instead of me having to search the internet for 30 minutes to 60 minutes, for example, trying to figure out what I'm looking for, I have the ability to narrow down the problem and potentially even get a relevant example at a fraction of the time. And again, I can achieve all of this without actually having to write my own code, but just by prompting and asking questions, which is great. When I talk to my siblings who work in tech and they tell me how it is wild, the um, boost it gives them when they're utilizing uh, tools like GPT. And I'm there just a nomad like, that sounds nice. It's still doing it in other ways as well. <laughs> it is not. And this is just a point to say, it doesn't really matter the industry you're in. If, you're, if, you, need, if you can benefit from a boost, GPD can help. It's kind of wild that it can. Like I'm thinking of different, um, what is it, professions and industries where it's like someone fired their lawyer because GPD gave them the same information that their lawyer gave them as guidance. And then where it comes to, it helps doctors use it for what the third point is, idea brainstorming. You, One thing that I will put in front is that if you're an expert in it, which is most preferred, then at least that way you can understand when it's giving you information that might not be as accurate. But when it comes to idea brainstorming, GPT can be a useful tool for brainstorming sessions in general. You can ask it to generate ideas on any particular topic, and it will come up with a range of suggestions that could help trigger your creative thinking, uh, which is quite useful when you're feeling stuck or looking for a fresh perspective, but may not have someone to bounce off. Or even if you do, you just need uh, to get out of that tunnel vision. And this gives you that platform or the tool to help you get that. So I've used this particular use case recently, right? So I'm, uh, I'm a board member for an employee resource group. And I was putting together a personal development guide. Uh, so instead of starting from nothing, I used GPT to do the brainstorming and outline the guide for me. And it was great because the topics that it came up with, I wouldn't have thought of myself. And it probably saved me anywhere between four to eight hours worth of work doing all the research and the outlining. And I just kind of had to sit there and actually put the effort in making the guide better instead of thinking it from scratch and perhaps come with a mediocre uh, product. And again, those are all readily available topics that I would have found through Google research and researching on, uh, on the internet. But instead, there was a tool there to do all of this research for me and compress the time required. I think it also helps if you're too lazy, let's say, or too unbothered to utilize UPD. This is the one tool that will help boost your laziness. I can't be asked to look up something. Let me ask GPT. <laughs> you know what I mean? I need to summarize this or simplify this. GPT can do it. The f- I, I feel like it's, it's, it's impossible to overstate how much the um, tool can help you when it comes to assisting in, uh, I guess, reducing quantities of information to something simple than being able to explain it better. Now, this is all great from a career perspective. And what we're going to be covering next is the case study of what if you are an entrepreneur or a hybrid entrepreneur. And if you're wondering what the heck a hybrid entrepreneur is, it's basically when you are having a launch or some sort of a startup or a side hustle, but also got a foot in your career still. So you're kind of like juggling both at the same time. And the chances are that if you are a hybrid entrepreneur, you may not have the money to invest in a personal assistant or analyst, especially when you're starting off, right? Let's be honest, you're going to be broke. You're not going to have that extra money. 
The wonderful thing about GPT is that it can take on that role for you. And it has the ability to draft emails, generate reports, write code snippets, and, and even more. And GPT can really become your personal AI assistant. So we're going to be discussing three use cases that can be super useful for you if you are in this position. So the very first one is drafting emails, which sounds obvious, but writing emails can be time-consuming as a task. And GPT can really help in assisting to draft those professional emails quickly. And the magic here is that you can tell it how you want the email to sound. So if you want it to sound professional, you get professional. If you want to elicit an action, it can write it in, in a compelling way. If you want to come across as if you're pissed off, it can also do that. It can write a pissed off email for you and uh, get some action out of the person that you're writing to. And you can provide a brief summary of what you want to convey, and GPT will transform your thoughts into a well-structured email. You can save your time and efforts, allowing you to focus on more strategic tasks. So I don't know if you heard about of Google Workspace Slabs, but they've got draft emails of AI now as well. So it's already being built into your personal emails as well. So it's, the fact is you can utilize these features, but it's the wave is coming where in, I think, the Office 365 and Google products where they're integrating it in so you can do these features and... Um, yeah, uh, make yourself more efficient and not have to wonder or worry about drafting certain emails, which is funny because you think about those frustrated emails you want to send, and now you just start and say, hey, convey message in this tone, and AI does it. And at some point, we'll be talking with people and be like, I know that they drafted this with AI, but I know what they were trying to say. <laughs> it's kind of wild. But it gets me to my second point when I talk about 365 integrating this because you can also generate reports. And this use case is brilliant because if you need to either, say, analyze the market or do market research or just understand the report, you can get the tool to digest the information for you and give you a digestible and summary, which in turn reduces the effort required and now allows you more time to focus on the doing rather than the, you know, the point where you're just comprehending what you need to do. I know a lot of time could be spent just trying to figure it out rather than getting it done. So with here, you can expedite straight to actually make me this summary and I can work from there. And now the last use case is a time, a, a lifesaver, not even a time saver, a lifesaver, which is the content creation. Now, if you're managing a business, chances are that you need to create a lot of content. That's for your website, your blogs, your social media, newsletter, LinkedIn, or, you know, you name it, you probably need to generate content. And it's not because you're generating content for the sake of generating content. You need it because the more content you have out there, the more chances the people will find you through the different means. Now, GPT can be your writing partner. It can help you generate engaging and relevant content. So you can fill it with a topic, some key points, and you can watch it weave those points into a compelling narrative. Now, in writing podcasts, we have a ton of scripts and material already available. One of the biggest pain points and almost friction point is, that we face is how do we use the script to generate blogs or generate content in a different format. Obviously, we don't really want to sit down and rewrite the information in a different format. That takes time. So instead, what we do is we use GPT to copy and paste the script we already have available, and we tell it what we want as an article. So this means that tool can actually reuse our content under a different format at one-tenth of the effort it would have taken us. If you made it this far, 
Congratulations, you made it to the free secrets on crafting prompts, or let's call it prompt engineering. Keep these to yourself. We ain't telling nobody outside of this podcast. <laughs> but let's start off with the first secret. And although these might sound obvious, we'll give examples to explain how, and especially, I don't know about you, Val, but when I'm talking with people, the way they ask questions is like they're trying to Google something. And even when they're trying to Google something, it's not really as detailed and in-depth mm-hmm. as it should be. So the first secret, be specific. GPT responds to best to clear, direct prompts. So let's say you're trying to understand the underlying reasons for what is known as the great resignation. I think we did an episode on that before. Consider these two examples, right? In this prompt, the first prompt, you just say, tell me about the great resignation of 2021. Okay. That's fine. But in prompt two, you can say, can you provide me with details on the key reasons that sparked the great resignation of 2021? Can you also provide data and statistics in your responses, highlighting the demographics? But then also you can take points that we mentioned above and say, can you also explain them and summarize them as if I'm a high schooler, right? And there you've given it that depth. So although both these prompts will get you answers, the first one will give you more generic broader answers and it might not be to the level that you actually wanted it so if you're looking to get generic ideas that's great (laughs) you can get a great generic understanding don't know why you wouldn't just i want to say use a search platform because my um ai device is triggered every time i say the g word (laughs) to get that but if you're looking to understand the details behind what motivated people to leave the first prompt is not going to give you that You'll need to be more specific. And that's what the second prompt achieves. It specifically asks for the key reasons and statistics to support the answer. And in case you'll feel like it will go over your head, you then ask it to make sure it's simplified in a matter that you best understand. It is more specific to what you are trying to achieve. No. Second number two, provide explicit instructions. Articulating your instruction clearly and explicitly helps the model understand the desired output. So if you need a particular format style or a specific content included, state that in your prompt. So for example, if you want a summary of a complex scientific paper in layman's terms, instead of asking what does this, what does this paper mean, you could say, please provide me a summary of the scientific paper in simple non-technical language for a general audience. Quite similarly, just to take this to a different context altogether, you could uh, be wanting to ask questions about climate. So a bad example of a prompt would be, tell me about climate change. That will tell you everything about climate change and nothing at the same time, because you're probably going to find a lot of information that you know already. But a better example of that would be, could you explain the causes and effects of climate change in simple language suitable for high school students? And what this does, it specifies the language that you want to be using in the prompt so that you can then relate back to high school students because perhaps you're using that as a lesson plan for your teaching sometimes even when i think of it you don't know exactly how you want the information or you don't know what like form you want it out but you do know that you're trying to learn something so that's why some people just start with the tell me about climate change like you've not yet thought well what am i going to use this for i just want to learn about a topic but The way that this can be bolstered in terms of providing illicit, explicit instruction is that if you start eliciting questions from GPT, 
This primes it better to answer and curtail its responses to your questions. So there you will feel like you're actually getting, even if you weren't sure at the start, what the answer you really wanted from it. So you know you're doing this right when you've given GPT the opportunity to ask you for more information. As an example, if you take Valeria's earlier prompts, you could start by stating to GPT that it, or say in verbatim, you are a tenured meteorologist with over 30 years experience on climate change. You'll be presenting the causes and effects of climate change to high school students with comical undertones and easy to comprehend takeaways. Say yes if you understand and ask any questions if you require more context and information. This one gives it a whole identity that it will then, for the remainder of the prompt or the conversation that you have there, will keep that person persona. And two, will allow it to ask you questions to be like, wait, what age of high school? That's a five-year gap, right? <laughs> which specific year? And then uh, which type of comedy? You can get it to be as simple or as refined as you like. And that's where being extremely explicit helps. Because if you were going to try and repeat or use this to boost your information later on and when you're telling it, you've also primed it to be like, hey, this is a goofy kind of teacher. <laughs> and you've given it that goal, whereas otherwise you'd have to retroactively go back and say, oh, by the way, what about this? And what about, yeah, what about if it was funny or what about this? And you can avoid that just by being very explicit in your instruction. Yeah, I think, I think that's a really good point. And um, I, I know that in the use of GPT myself, um, I find myself being almost like doing the opposite. I'm, I'm very, very clear and concise around what I want. And sometimes I go back and go back and ask the more general question just to see if the if the tool is actually able to brainstorm topics that are more generic or things that I didn't really think of. So there is definitely an element of what's your purpose around it. Are you trying to be brainstorming and understand more about the topic or are you trying to be getting something more specific out of it? But the idea is that overall, by setting clear expectations on your prompt, you guide the tool in the direction you want it to take. So which is more likely to result in an answer that actually meets you the, uh, your needs. I remember that the model doesn't have any context outside of the given prompt, right? So it, it doesn't read your mind. So if you don't tell it the information, it's not going to be able to answer properly. So the more information you provide it with, the better it can tailor the response to your needs. Exactly. And that brings me to the final secret. Like I said already, keep this to yourself. <laughs> but the final one is to experiment. The way you phrase prompts can lead to different varying responses. So if you're not getting what you need, just rephrase or ask in a different way. This secret focuses on using open-ended questions to elicit more uh, thorough and expansive responses. As an example, if you're using GPT for a brainstorming session, instead of asking, is the idea of offering a new product line a good idea, which expects a simple yes or no response, you could instead ask, what are the potential benefits and challenges of offering a new product line? This gives the model the opportunity to explore multiple facets of the question and provide a comprehensive answer. You can even request a recommendation. Even. The concept of curiosity-driven prompts revolves around asking questions that ignite exploration and innovation. For instance, instead of asking, what are the current trends in digital marketing? You might ask, how might digital marketing evolve in the next five to 10 years considering emerging technologies like AI and VR, which is kind of funny because if you ask AI about AI, it tends to, as I've experimented, pick itself up a lot. 
<laughs> it really tends to do so. And another thing I've learned, which is just a tip as well, is if you ask it for a lot of information, always try and reinsert your original prompt. Because I found that after, say, 20 prompts or so, it may veer off course <laughs> and forget where it started from. But this prompts the model to generate forward-thinking, innovative responses, which can be more insightful and valuable by asking these open-ended questions that give you the opportunity to, I guess, expand your own processes and get more out. But this brings us to the end of this uh, second session of uh, talking about uh, ChatGPT and uh, how to make the most out of it. We've covered how to make the most out of it as someone who's in a career without breaking any sort of IT data policies. Of course, always be careful. We're not telling you to break policy, so always question what you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, this second topic that we discussed was around how to use GPT if you are an entrepreneur or a hybrid entrepreneur, so that's someone that has got a foot in a startup as well as in your career. And thirdly, the three secrets to make the most out of this tool. As always, I've been your host, Valerio Tomasso, joined by my co-host, Mark Jason. And until next time, adios.